Hey, Matt. Hello, Mark. How's it going? I'm drinking support, so I'm feeling great. <laughs> That's good. I'm drinking some rum and coke. Okay, great. This is a, the drunk episode. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> How are things going? It's going good. I actually took the weekend off. Like, Okay. It, it's, it's rare that I really disconnect for the weekend, but this weekend, I, yeah, I played the piano. Uh, our dojo had a in-house competition. Mm. which was lots of fun like there were like 18 people competing nice i just went i just went as a spectator okay but, uh, but yeah it was great afterwards we had drinks and pizza nice and yeah it was it was awesome so that was really really good for the soul yeah <laughs> after my after my week of marketing <laughs> <laughs> you need some something nourishing after that uh, terrible exactly. expenditure <laughs> as you see i'm still drinking <laughs> yeah it's got to take the edge off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I think this whole week of dev, week of marketing thing is just not for me. Mm. Like, uh, I think it's probably a great idea if your business needs marketing. Like, I know this is going to sound like crazy, but I don't <laughs> think my business needs marketing. <laughs> what, uh, what makes you say that? Well, because it's, it's growing word of mouth and... SEO is doing fine. Um, like, as long as it's growing, like, I don't know. Like, do I really need to double my growth? Like, mm. who, who am I doing this for? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're doing it for you. So you're you're in the driver's seat. Exactly. So I, yeah. I mean, I think it, it was a, it was a good thing to, to, to force myself to do marketing for a week. Because it's too easy for me to just, to just code, right? Mm. And just, just create new features and fix bugs and that stuff is always fun hmm. so it's good to like kind of pull your head up and look around and see well <laughs> is there anything else i should be doing and hmm. so i started my marketing week saying okay i'm gonna i'm gonna write some some blog posts okay basically you know i, I have this new wordpress importer that's almost finished i figured all oh, it needs a landing page maybe a few blog posts about it mm-hmm so I'm doing keyword research on those keywords. and But then I, I started playing around with Copy AI to try to generate the article. The entire uh, article? Yeah. Yeah, because there's this new like blog wizard tool that they have. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's it's really good. Like it's, It is really good to generate like the skeleton of the article, like the outline, the sections, and the text. It, it does a really great job. Mm-hmm. But the problem is for technical writing, like... It doesn't understand <laughs> what it's saying, right? Sure. So, so like, um, you know, for example, like during the article, it says, well, if you don't have a Webflow account, go sign up for one right now. Mm. And then the instructions it gives is just pure bullshit. Like, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Click the free trial button on the left. Like, what? Right? Like, and, like and, and do this and that. And it's like, yeah. this doesn't match at all what's on the website, right? Like, we're not there yet where the AI actually knows what it's saying. And right, yeah. So it just generates text that makes sense. Like, yeah, then yeah. That's, that's usually true to sign up for a service. You click on the free trial button and you put in an email and password. But in this case, like it, it's disconnected with reality. So, so then I'm realizing this is going to need a lot more massaging on my sure. end. And, and I don't fucking want to be doing this. <laughs> So yeah, so I, so that, so that's what I was thinking. Like, 
why am I marketing? <laughs> like maybe the growth that I have like is is fine. Like I'm I'm happy with the MRR. Like great. So and it's still growing. So it's not like if it was shrinking, then yeah, then I'd be worried. Okay, right. Yeah, I do need to do marketing. But I was I was I was brainstorming about the four-hour work week yeah. <laughs> last week, and I was like, what if I redefine what work is? Right, like work is. <laughs> Is this, the stuff that you need to do, but you don't want to do to make mm. a living. So if I use that definition, like, I think I want, I want to do the four hour work week. Like, yeah, I'm willing, I'm willing to do shit that I don't want to do. Right. Of yeah. course we all, we all do. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to do more than four hours of it per week. Yeah. So no, that is a, that is such a good, I like, it, that feels like you should have that written on a name tag and like pinned to you at all times because it's you love writing code like it, it like solving exactly. problems and helping people like you love doing that it's minimizing the crap like right it's just getting rid of the That's garbage it. and i love that actually you're like look okay i'm willing to do shit i don't want to do but you get four hours and that's it right that's it like you know because i mean some people say oh i i love my job like i love having a yeah. full-time job and i'm but how much stuff do you do at the job that you have to do that mm-hmm. you know you wouldn't have to do if you were an indie hacker? So, yeah. but yeah, if you redefine work, I think yeah, I think uh, I think there's no marketing in my future. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. Like I'm yeah, I'm willing to like do some like you know a little bit of keyword research here and there, and sure. and then maybe hire someone to write the content. Mm-hmm. But but then I. I I'm like, why? Like, why am I doing this? Mm. Why? Why am I spending money to grow more? Like, right. It it doesn't make sense. Like, why don't I just put that money in my bank account mm-hmm. for a rainy day or to work on the mm-hmm. next thing? I don't know. I'm sort of like, yeah, I'm jealous. I see, I see Peter Levels out there like pumping a new product every week, mm. and I'm like, that's what I want to be doing. I want to be creating yeah. new stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, like, <clears throat> he's a he's a conundrum for me because it's cool like you know he puts out the ai portrait thing and it's cool granted like i i know i didn't build that and i'm a little jealous because it's very cool um but he's also i think one of the reasons that it's done so well is that he has a big following and yes if i built that would it have the same effect i would probably have to market 10 times harder or be a lot more creative so like that is such a good fit for his audience, for him and his audience, like, hell yeah. And then to have it go viral and that sort of thing, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, like, it's funny to think about marketing for him because it's like, yeah, I mean, his personal brand is so valuable that a hit like that really works well for him. It, it's right in his wheelhouse. Right. No, absolutely. Um, you're absolutely right. That's true. Like, it is an unfair advantage for him. That's yeah. that's his marketing is the fact that he has this huge Twitter following and... Mm-hmm. But he has a lot of failures also. Right? Absolutely. Like that QR code menu for restaurants, that, that thing that went yeah. nowhere. There's a few AI stuff that he built mm. in the last two years that went nowhere or made mm. very little money. So this latest one is really doing great. Mm. But I still like that this idea of like just build stuff and yeah, some of it won't yeah. be successful and mm-hmm. and then yeah, you'll 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 get lucky with one of them. Yeah. Just keep taking swings. Yeah. And yeah, I don't have the huge following. So like, that's not how I'm going to get eyeballs on my products. But mm-hmm. there's plenty of other ways of getting, you know, early traction on things that mm-hmm. hopefully doesn't take more than four hours a week. 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, the way you build things, it wouldn't surprise me if four hours of you know, quote unquote work was more than enough to, to get the message out from what you're doing. So, I mean, you're a prolific builder. You're super fast. You're organized. Like you've got your shit together to be able to just get it out there and tell people about it. Like, cause yeah, honestly, like at the beginning of power and Porter, I, I, I don't think I was doing that much marketing. Like, you know, I'd, I'd go look at the, basically I, I would go look at the forums every day, but I had a few searches that I had saved in my bookmarks. Mm-hmm. So I just would rerun those searches, see if anything matched my keywords mm-hmm. and then respond. Like, so it's like, there's no way that I did more than four hours a week of that. I don't know. I mean, I feel like when we, in the early days of the podcast, well, oh no, that, yeah, that's true. I was about to, I was about to uh, lump that in with support. To say something like, right. oh, that was part of your support, but not really. I mean, that was that was engagement. That was like customer customer development. Yeah, that, that was a different thing. That was a different thing. Yeah, that's it. Mm. And those, yeah, sometimes I wonder, you know, sh- should I have a spreadsheet that calculates <laughs> what is work and what is not work? Because <laughs> yeah, some things are like half and half or different ratios. <laughs> like sure. talking to customers, uh, it depends. Some customers are... Like they're not fun interactions when you talk with them. Sure. So then that's a hundred percent work, but a lot of them are super pleasant that it, you know, it's almost a friendship you have with them. And yeah. like that doesn't feel like work. That's, that's the rewarding part of this, this lifestyle. Like yeah. having happy customers that really appreciate what you're building for them. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I don't consider that work. Yeah. It's uh, I had a, uh, I had a, uh, an epiphany recently. I saw a tweet from a lady I follow named Marissa, and she is really into remote work, async work, that sort of thing. She has a lot of content around it. I don't know that she has a product, but she definitely does consulting. And she had this awesome tweet that said, you know, she does a monthly review, a lot like you do. She said, I was really not looking forward to my monthly review because I felt like this month was a total bust. I didn't do anything that I wanted to do. I, I didn't feel good about it at all. And I wasn't looking forward to confronting that. And then I did the review and I found out that I accomplished all of the goals that I had set out for the month and then a little <laughs> bit more. So she was like, thank God for this review. And it made me laugh because, or well, I guess I'm, th- I saw that and was like, man, you know, that's probably true for me too. I probably set a bunch of goals and I actually achieved them. But, you know, day to day or hour to hour, I think like, oh God, I'm a piece of crap. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting anything done or doing what I want to be doing. But it's interesting to frame, to take that and frame what you just said of like, how much time am I spending in these different areas? And am I doing more than I wanted to be doing, less than I want to be doing? Like, I don't know that I would want to track things that granularly, but if you did, do you think you'd be surprised by the results? Like, do you think you'd be doing more work than you think or more, I don't know, just work you don't want to be doing? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. There's definitely some things where, like like the accounting is another example where, oh, you yeah. know, when, when I'm really just crunching the numbers, hmm. for some weird reason, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm one of those weird people that just... I just love double entry accounting. It all balances out. Look how beautiful that is. There's order in the universe. My, you should have married my wife. She, she, she loves this stuff. And I mean, like, it's fine. And I, I don't hate it. But like, Jesus, it's not my but, not my cup of tea. So that's no, like that stuff. I don't mind it. 
But then, then I have to log into a government website and enter the information. That's exactly when the fun stops. <laughs> and I swear there hasn't been a single time that I've done that without swearing. Like, mm-hmm. And I have a dog that is super sensitive to be swearing. So like, oh, really? yeah. So like if I, I log into the government website and then I'll start swearing, fuck you, why do I have to do this now? Like, and, uh. And sure enough, the dog will come in, in my office and like try to calm me down. Oh, what a good boy. <laughs> yeah, he's my support support therapy dog. <laughs> I, uh, I had that same conversation with my wife because I, I was saying that the administration of the business has really been taxing on me lately. Okay. And uh, we had an epiphany where she was like, well, have you thought about just messaging your accountant to do that work for you? And it's like, you could overpay, but like, maybe it's worth overpaying for if you don't have to deal with it anymore. So that's exactly what I did. Right. I emailed him was like, Hey, every month, can you do this? And he said, yep, yeah, no problem. I'll email you this. And it's just like, yeah, I'm going to pay an extra, whatever it is. Maybe it's $200 a month, but now I know it's done. It's done properly. Cause his, his ass is on the line. Cause he's a professional and like, Oh, awesome. I, I just know it's going to be done. And like, that makes me so happy. Now I don't have to worry about it. It just it's right. just done. No, you're right. I should Yeah. That's it. If going back to the beginning of this conversation, if I did like do the accounting of my time, mm-hmm. how much of it is being done on tasks that I do not enjoy, mm-hmm. then yeah, maybe I am doing too much of that. And I should just pay an accountant to to log into the government websites and do that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, because for me it's like now it's at the point where uh, like, cause it, it, for me, it's sales tax. Now it's like, oh, great. Well, I'll just, my, my accountant just says here, go into your banking. Here's the number you go to this, whatever page, here's the number and here's the dollar amount and it's done. Perfect. Great. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to do anything. It's, it's just done. I'm willing to log into my online banking, but that's it. Like, that's <laughs> as far as I'm willing to go. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. I'm like, I'm giving up on this one week of dev, one week of marketing. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to concentrate on building the new importers that I want to be building. Yeah. Maybe keep track of my, track my time to find out if I'm, you know, or maybe I, sh- I should aim to at least do four hours of work, like the, mm-hmm. the stuff that I don't want to do, you know, because it, it would force me to, to think about marketing and to think about other things, but then find ways where I don't have to do it. Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, like I'm thinking a lot about mar- uh, affiliate marketing. It's mm-hmm. like if, if I set that up, like if it takes me four hours to set that up, well, then I should be done. Like, <laughs> you know, except for like paying, you know, sending out the payouts once a month. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there shouldn't be much more work to do after that. Like, mm-hmm. That's the kind of marketing I, I can get behind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I need to get on that train. All right. How was your week? Uh, week was pretty busy. Uh, let's see. So last week, I'm still in Portugal. Uh, I was in Lisbon for the last couple of weeks. Right now, I'm in Porto. Um, I was in Lisbon and I met up with uh, Tiago in, from the awesome. Wannabe Entrepreneur um, podcast. So uh, he was like, oh, you're in Lisbon. Like, let's meet up. So we met up. We had a couple of beer and then we recorded a podcast. We ate some pastelinata and drank drank a little more beer and just kind of shot the shit for a little while. Um, cool. He's such a good guy. Like, oh, man. I hope you're listening, Tiago. You're an awesome man. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's so cool to go to other places and meet indie hackers who have the same like we're <laughs> we have the same dreams. We're so connected in ways that we aren't even thinking about like, oh, yeah, he's got the same hopes and dreams and goals and troubles and tribulations and everything. Just yeah. So that's uh, yeah, it was great to meet up with him. Um, just got the I just got the the hell out of Dodge. Uh I guess there was like web summit is going on in, in Lisbon right now. So like 70,000 people just like showed up in the city. So there's no Ooh. place to stay. Um, so I stayed as long as I could. And then I got on a train and I came to Porto. It's a really beautiful city. Um, but other than that for work, um, yeah, I've just been uh, contracting a fair amount. Um, big features coming up to launch. So there's been a lot of, there's been a big push. I worked most of the weekend uh, to, to push that stuff through. But I'm really proud of what we built, so it, I'm, it, it's looking really great. And I got to do uh, a little bit of copywriting, which was fun. Um, I wrote what? <laughs> <laughs> so like when um, so for example, in in the project in in Swoops, when you you can name your team or you can set a logo, and it's a moderation process because it's user generated content. So whenever it gets approved, you get an email saying it was approved. So I wrote the email saying that things were approved. So I was trying to come up with something fun or, you know, something to tell the user to be like, oh, you know, I want to inform them of, of, uh, of how they did. So um, I got to like stretch my copywriting legs a little bit and the team thought that it was funny. So I got some nice uh, feedback from that. Um, but yeah, man, like, man, the, the working here when everyone else is in North America is brutal. Um, my days go from like 2 p.m. to later. I mean, if people are not right on the East Coast, like at least one person is on the, is on the West Coast. And God, that's just impossible. Like it's like seven o'clock or six o'clock and they're just coming online. Uh, so, you know, they're working, they're in full work mode and they have questions and stuff. And if your boundaries are not good, you'll work until 2 a.m. easily of, you know, they're just, you know, it's not like they have malintent or anything like that they're just working and they need information and if you're not closing slack or drawing really clear lines then you can really feel like you're on the hook and over the weekend i was working quite a lot like saturday i think i worked till 2 30 a.m just because we were pushing and trying to get everything in and there were people were having problems so answering questions like we are not asynchronous um so it's really interesting it makes me really interested in teams that are async, I would love to try contracting for an async team to really understand how they do it. Um, because yeah, like if you're, geez, your project planning must be on point. Because if there are any questions, any doubts, the turnaround to get answers for things could be a really long time. Um, so I'd love to see it in the wild. I think that'd be really, right. really interesting. Yeah, um, I can't, can't think of any. I don't know that I could run one unless, I mean, there would have to be there'd have to be no such thing as deadlines or you'd have to be so aggressive <laughs> in how you do your project planning for like when things are due and understanding dependencies. Like that's one of the scary things, like getting someone <laughs> to accept work if they don't like fully understand the dependencies of who else they're relying on uh, that, or, or at least feel like they can trust the person that they're relying on. I mean, it's very tricky. But, I think, I guess that's the key. You can't rely on anyone. Like you need to have very autonomous teams and mm. individuals. Yeah. So they're never like blocked and just waiting for someone else to answer mm. a question. They need to be able yeah. to make decisions on their own. Like, mm. it's like, oh, I don't know how to, I don't know how Matt wants me to do this. So I'll just do it this way. Like, yeah. And just and it, 
And it's funny, like when I'm in the loop, like I definitely will say after I came to Europe, I've fallen out of the loop. I'm becoming less and less in touch with the flow of information. So I feel a lot a lot less able to make a good decision. Like I can feel like I'm in the dark of you know what is the right decision to be made here. And that is very weird for me. Normally I, I am in the center of the flow of information. So my decision making is on point. So it's it's almost a little scary to be like, oh man, I'm I'm not in the flow. I I'm yeah, it's a bit unsettling. So I'm yeah, it, it really makes me think about um, communication and async and what that what's involved. Anyway, yeah, it's it's been a it's been an interesting adventure this last week, or I mean, really these last two weeks. So, and it's been a real test of boundary, um, <laughs> being able to you know hold hold your boundaries and and assert them to protect yourself. Because yeah, damn, I'm good at working late. I'm really good at it. Uh, one really interesting thing that I noticed uh, after coming to Europe was this eSIM technology. Have you heard of this? Yeah, but I have n- no idea. <laughs> okay, so like. Sadly, we both are from Canada, where where you, we pay astronomical rates for our internet, telephone, everything. So our uh, mobile plans are super expensive. And of course, in Europe, uh, the telecom competition is totally cutthroat. So when I came over to Europe, I was I had heard about this eSIM thing. And I thought, oh, I don't know. Like, I guess I'll look into it because I'm used to getting a physical SIM. So uh I went online and I started looking for these eSIMs and man, this is crazy. Like you, you buy an eSIM for like $0 because the competition, they're so competitive on price and you snap a picture of a QR code and I I use an iPhone. So my phone pops up a thing that's like, oh, you're about to install an eSIM. Are you good with that? And I you say yes. And then it just like opens up your network screen and like installs this thing and it's like, great. You have credit on this carrier, so as soon as you connect to that carrier, the SIM will activate and you'll be good to go. And then, yeah, I just like, you can turn, I turned my primary my primary carrier off, the SIM, the physical SIM that I have. And then when I landed in Portugal, I just turned my phone on and all of a sudden I was, I had cell service in the country. No physical SIM needed easy. So I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And like, you can just like, and you can buy eSIMs from anybody i mean like i don't know what it takes to become a reseller but it's a bit like affiliate marketing so like i don't know orange or you know some telecom i don't even know what telecom i'm using mio or something they're probably just like how can i get somebody to resell my services um as as quickly and easily as possible so they are like i bought it through some marketplace that is just like, oh, where are you going and where in the country are you going? And they help you locate the, the service that you need for where you're going to go. And they're like, this is the best service. Um, this carrier will have the best service. You should buy from them. This is how much it costs. This is the top up rate, et cetera. And I was like, man, that is really interesting. Because like, it wouldn't surprise me if the company that I bought this SIM from was a was an indie hacker. Because really, they're probably just like, okay, I have access to the API. I know how to resell things. I just have to be able to be there. I have to catch that customer when they, uh, you know, in that moment when they're looking for a SIM of just like, so it's kind of interesting to think about because it, it seems like a form of affiliate marketing. I mean, they have a very slick UI. It, it works great, but, you know, there's nothing really technologically interesting there. It's They're just an, a reseller of these SIMs, the eSIMs, it seems like. So I was thinking like, oh, I wonder what niches exist where 
I don't know, like, I'm thinking like Airbnb experiences where like, oh, you're not in the country yet, but you know that you're going to want to do these experiences. And maybe the experiences are like, oh, if you're just coming to Portugal, then maybe you want to buy this and like have an affiliate marketing thing to be able to buy these e-sims. I'm just thinking out loud of like distribution methods, but it's kind of interesting to think like, I wonder what their markup is, first of all. And I wonder how easy it is to become a vendor or like, um... A light, I, they must. There must be some kind of license or reseller program that you can become part of in order to sell these sims. But yeah, I mean, oh man, the magic of competition. As soon as you get all this competition, like, oh, it just becomes better in all ways. God damn it, Canada, you're failing me. Our damn igloos. <laughs> exactly. Not getting very good cell reception inside of my igloo. Competition makes all the difference. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it just gets me fired up of just the. The interesting opportunities that exist that don't really exist in Canada. Or maybe they do. Maybe I just haven't done the research. Yeah. So have you seen all all these new AI businesses spawning everywhere? <laughs> AI portraits. That's been the, the flavor of the week. Yeah. They're pretty cool. I gotta I gotta give them credit. Like I, I know so I know Peter Levels launched one and um uh, is it Danny Ma or something? He, he, the, the the person behind Headlime. The person who sold right. Headlime, um, yeah. it launched yeah, I one too. His name. Danny something, I think. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, the output is very cool. I was like, ooh, that's pretty nice. I was considering doing it myself because I, one of the things I noticed is it tends to latch on to um, like one characteristic about you. Like right. <laughs> with for Peter Levels, it's his eyes. And uh, another guy I follow, uh, Tiago Forte, um it latches onto his like insanely high cheekbones so like <laughs> and I, I tweeted at him just like yeah it was just, god damn let's just take those those cheekbones from a nine to an 11 like come on motherfucker <laughs> right that's it that's what caricaturists do right They're exactly like, I forgot. yeah that's a great point yeah yeah and it seems it seems like that's what the ai does it, it's like this is what this is what makes this face unique so let's me let me use that to generate a bunch of other ones. Totally. Yeah, they're super cool. And and last week I was having a, a chat with another indie hacker, and he still thinks that there's plenty more of opportunities with GPT three. Mm. So that's the, the the text generation. Yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, and he he was just amazed how the markup is humongous. Oh like sure. You look, yeah, you look how much you pay per like thousand tokens. For mm. GPT three directly, mm. and then how much like Copy AI charges or Jasper, sure. and it's like it's huge markup. So yeah, I was like, I don't know. I thought, oh, it's it's over. Like everyone, everyone, everything has been built. But now I've been starting to brainstorm some ideas. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's like, right? There's like, because you got the API itself, right? Which mm-hmm. which you need you need to know how to use it. Like it's definitely you know you need to. It's it's not so straightforward. You gotta you gotta be at ease with with tech, right? There's like mm-hmm. these concept of how much randomness you want it to use, and mm-hmm. you know, like how many tokens to generate, and the, you know, you have to you have to give it quite a few parameters. Okay, but it's really cheap, right? But then and then you have these other companies that are built on top of it, where they've probably trained their own model with it, because that's something else you could do. GPT three is you can train a model with it, and then you can use the API against that model. Wow, okay. 
But that makes and sense. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So it's it's like a little more expensive per token generated, mm. but it's still it's still dirt cheap. So that's most likely like what Copy AI does, and they've mm. they've probably yeah crawled the web for a bunch of marketing copy, generated a model with it, and now that's what they specialize in. Yeah, but, I, uh, yeah. But you know, but but I think there's like even another level where an indie hacker could like build something very niche because. Mm. So an example I came up with was like, I was wondering how much time do real estate agents spend generating description for their listings, right? So here, here's this cozy condo with a view of this and, uh, you know, walking distance from that. And it's like, so how much time do they spend like describing these places? And what if there was a, yeah, like a turnkey solution for them that takes your listing like the quantitative part of your listing so yeah how many bedrooms and you know location and the walkability score like sure things that are and then generates a description for it <laughs> that's so funny because like all of the descriptions feel very similar exactly you, you, you nailed it right because it's like oh this cozy and then there's like a set of adjectives that represent cozy and then there's modern and a set of adjectives that represent modern like you could probably train a bunch of these different models on like cozy versus modern exactly target audience and yeah right is it for first time homeowners or is it for a young you know damn you're you're too good at this but (laughs) but yeah like having a model for each of those things and being like okay so you have a new house or you want to list this house Here's 10 different sets of copy for cozy, modern, rustic, this, that, first time owner. Like, you could, like, if it were that easy, maybe you can even A B test it. Like, I mean, I don't know if the, if the, whatever MLS or whatever allows you to do that, but like, I mean, you could. I could, well, you could do, you know, like changing it every day Mm -hmm. and see which days you get more inquiries. Yeah. It's not really A B testing, but. You know, it's it's close enough. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't want to overwhelm these people. They, right. It, but, but yeah, I mean, still. But, you know, there must be a bunch of little little niches like that where... Because mm-hmm. there's no way a real estate agent even knows about copy AI, right? They, I don't... Do they really read Hacker News and or f- follow the tech scene on Twitter? Like, they don't yeah. know. It's, <laughs> it's an interesting question. Things are available. Because, sure, a real estate agent could, you know, subscribe to copy AI and just create a template and then yeah plug in a few keywords and generate a description but that's I love where your instinct is because the question is uh, there is text that exist exists that is uh, you know I mean it, it's it's sales copy it's really what it is a sales copy um, I wonder how long they spend or I wonder how they do it today and and what other places do this kind of copy right no, exactly. I'm sure there's a bunch of little niches where, because I, I mean, <laughs> I hate copywriting. Like, <laughs> I use Copy AI like for everything. <laughs> mm. I I paid for like an unlimited account. Oh wow! Oh my god! I just I use it for everything. Like, my wife asks me what I want for dinner. I open up a <laughs> Copy AI and I. <laughs> As long as it, yeah, exactly. The prompt is fish. Go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, there's so many recipe blogs out there, but I wonder what would happen 
if you trained a if you trained a gpt3 model on recipes and you're oh like oh my god <laughs> what do i want to have for dinner on tuesday like what would you get or yeah or like every single recipe blog post has like this whole epic story oh before the recipe <laughs> yeah so you, yeah you could get just get gpt3 to generate that for you mm. so my grandmother on on a boat when she first came to oh to north america <laughs> i very fast sidebar but my highest upvoted post on reddit ever is a <laughs> there was a it was a photo of a guy on a bus and he had a he had a two liter like coke bottle and he's pouring a lot of vodka like directly into the bottle <laughs> and i took one of those like crazy long blurbs from an overnight oats recipe that i use and i swapped out just all of the like oh overnight oats to pouring vodka directly into a coke bottle and like getting shit based and yeah like <laughs> that's my highest rated post ever on reddit I, yeah, I don't remember how much karma i got but yeah just like creating one of those exactly oh my god that's fun that's hilarious i mean at that point you could probably even have gpt3 generate the recipe also that that feels a little bit like engineering as marketing like if you had a solution that did something and you were like oh recipe preamble generator that's just like oh yeah like generate a random random as hell story <laughs> for <laughs> for why like i don't know pumpkin ice cream is your is the best thing ever i don't know exactly and it reminds you of your childhood and yeah god that is so funny no but the the world doesn't need more of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is ai for evil at this point exactly i don't want to contribute to that mm. But I'm sure there's, there are plenty of, yeah, small, small niches where the user does not know that copy AI exists. And even if they did, it, it seems overwhelming to like try to get it to generate something mm-hmm. useful for them. It would just be really funny if I, I'm thinking about all the real estate listings I've seen. And like, you know, I look at it and think like, oh, yeah, like the, this is super low effort. Like, you know, it, I don't I don't know. Like they all say they all sound exactly the same. They're not saying anything different. But I'm imagining them spending hours like trying to create these blurbs. And it's like, yeah, you could definitely train a model to like spit that out like very easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my wife is looking for a job and I even lent her copy AI to generate cover letters. <laughs> oh man. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's so useful. <laughs> How did it do? I mean, again, the same problem that I have where the AI doesn't understand the technical details. Right. Yeah. In this case, the AI does knows nothing about her personally. So yeah. it just makes up stuff, you know, like, Oh yeah. When I, you know, I once worked for this company and I did this and it's totally false. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, there's, you have to do some human editing afterwards. Right. But, uh, but if you, you know, if you trained a model for doing cover letters for, for job applications that, you know, you could probably train it to not do that kind of stuff where it That's goes a great off point. on a tangent, making up jobs. And I think, I think that indie hacker you talked to is right. I, I guess I was only thinking about it about it in terms of blog writing, but I think there might be a lot of opportunity here, actually. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been playing around with it a little bit just for fun. Like, just yeah. what can I generate? And I'm always amazed by just 
untrained GPT-3 directly, like the stuff it comes up with, it's like, wow, this is not even trained for like... Yeah, for some reason, I'm thinking, I think I saw maybe a Twitter thread about um, somebody responding to the avatars that get generated by the avatar AI or the, the profile pic generator. Right. And it was like, oh... Let me examine each of these avatars and like react to them. And I was thinking like an AI, an AI caption generator <laughs> for each of these photos. But it's almost like I wonder if you could do the same thing for products. Like, are people really I don't know generating product? Like, oh, is there something that describes this lettuce <laughs> from the online <laughs> shopping experience for the grocery store? Like, I mean, probably not. I mean, you probably want something more high value than that, but. Yeah, because I guess that's it. It's like that perfect intersection of high value to effort. I need to think about this because I, yeah. Another thing you could do is ask GPT-3 to generate ideas. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so you could just ask it, what kind of business could I build using you? <laughs> that's that's uh, That would be such a funny interview. It's like, oh, how I built this. Like, oh, like 15 years from now. Like I'm a, I'm a, this huge, I've got this huge company. Like I, I'm super successful and I'm on like how I built this. And Guy Raz is like, so what were you doing at the time? I was like, oh, well, I was chatting with my podcast co-host and he said, you should ask GPT-3 what business to build. And it gave me a really good idea and I did it. Exactly. Said, wow. <laughs> Great story. And then I used it to generate the landing page and I used it to write the code and uh, yeah, yeah. generated the logo with it and yeah, so pretty much I did nothing. Yeah. I am now a professional prompter. That's my job title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's a future job title. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm imagining George Jetson, like, all he does is hit a button, and then he's just like, oh, yeah, I worked for two hours this week. Bull, brutal. <laughs> yep. I, uh, something also that I saw, Tweet Hunter, you know, that mm -hmm. uh, tweet automation tool, yeah. they, they made like a engineering as marketing kind of tool okay where they you give it any twitter handle and it will like it will fetch like the last whatever 100 tweets or something i saw train, this. yeah train a model live yeah and then generate a bunch of tweets in your voice yeah i saw the one that you posted and i was like <laughs> oh no <laughs> this is too good <laughs> oh man yeah, I mean, that was a great idea for engineering as marketing because everyone was sharing them all over. And, I mean, come on, right? Like, yeah. that is so smart. But it, yeah, it's amazing. Like how mm. that one was really simple. Just give it someone's history of tweets and it will just generate some new tweets. You know, um, I, I met with a friend this past week um, who he, he just recently launched a business and I'd actually like to have him on the show. I, I think it'd be interesting to talk with him. But he said um, he was telling me the story at the genesis of, of the business that he's been working on. And he kind of went through this really intensive month where he was investigating an area and really going deep on it and trying to understand the companies that are touching it. And, you know, it really going deep on it, on evaluating the area as a whole. And maybe that would be an interesting thing to do with GPT-3 and and like stable diffusion and everything like that. Like there's there's so much happening right now. Maybe it would be a good source of inspiration to go really deep on some of this, to understand what are people doing? And maybe there's a, I mean, it certainly seems like a new wave of possibility. 
maybe there's some new opportunities. Like, yeah, I I mean, we used to be in the world where, because I feel like for a while we've been talking about like graphics and hiring illustrators or, or designers to build graphics for blog posts and that kinds of things. And for a while, our, uh, like, I feel like, um, People have been plugging into, uh, oh, what is the name of that company? It was Montreal-based, open, it was photos. It was like a royalty-free photos. Um, Unsplash. Unsplash, thank you. Um, uh, <clears throat> a lot of these, like, blog, uh, company operates a blog, and you know you need and you need a an open graph graphic or you need a graphic at all for your for your blog post. So it was, I'll plug into Unsplash and pull these royalty-free photos down, but, like, I don't know, like, yeah, maybe figuring out how to plug in stable diffusion or other things into into that. I don't know. I think they're I think they're already doing it. Like, yeah, um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I think like Canva, for example, mm-hmm. like it has this huge library of stock imaging that you can add in your whatever you're designing, mm-hmm. and they they introduced AI generated images now. I mean, that could work. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's just. It's just fun to hack with this stuff. Like, yeah, seriously. I, I just want to hack with it and see what I can come up. Like, uh, I mean, and this real estate idea I just pulled out of my butt. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, but, I, you know, you could just have a conversation with a, a friend that's a real estate agent. And how long how long do you spend writing these descriptions? And how much would you be willing to pay for, for me to generate them with AI? Fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe I haven't given it the credit I thought. I, I guess I looked at it and thought like, "Oh yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Um, not for me." I, I think that's maybe that's what it was. Yeah, you know, really not for me. And then you look at something like Jasper and Copy AI, and you're like, "Oh yeah, these guys are doing serious money." Yeah, exactly. Serious money. Yeah, that's it. I, I was talking with a friend who he said, "Did, did we miss the boat on this <laughs> on this AI like stuff like?" Damn, I wish I would have started an AI business because they're doing so well right now. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a question of distribution too. Like, you know, let's say you build an AI copywriter for real estate agents. How are you going to distribute that? Are are people searching for AI co- for copywriters for real estate? I wonder. No, I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know how you would reach real estate agents, right? Like, yeah, but well, I would, but I mean, Jasper is managing to do it. Like, oh. I write copy and it's generated by a machine. Like I, I they managed to become a huge business. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what did use for marketing. Mm. Cause it's kind of a new category, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm not searching for, <laughs> I'm not actively looking for copywriters, but I still know who Jasper is and they've still right. entered my orbit. I mean, I just know about it through Twitter mm. and probably podcasts that I listen to. So it's really, yeah, it's all word of mouth. They're, they're doing such a great job that people are talking about it. Yep. I mean, how many times did I mention Copy AI in this episode and they're not sponsoring the episode? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Need that affiliate program. But that's it. I think it's it's still early that there's probably a bunch of ideas, a bunch of things that are up for grabs. Yeah. Especially if you're, you know, you're just, you just want to start small and stay small. Yeah. You just want a, something that makes five figures a month, I think, or a few of them that just make four figures. I think, I think definitely there's room. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that's all I have. Do you have uh, more to more to discuss? Nope. I got to go hack. <laughs> Get that adrenaline up. Exactly. Cool. All right. Uh, 
thanks a lot for listening and we will see you next week bye bye